the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. That's Thursday. This is my final day of the week. Because tomorrow is Good Friday, and we take that day off, which I think everybody should. That should be a that uh, should be a national holiday, as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, uh, if you got to work, I'm sorry. If you're off like I am, hooray for you! And uh, remember what it is all about. And remember that Sunday is Easter, and a lot of you, it's going to be the first time that you cross the doors of a church, and probably. A year and a half, and uh, if that's the case, uh, pay attention to the sermon. So any, anyway, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, going to the uh, going to Easter uh, on Sunday. Last night, and uh, J.R. Davis is here. He's on phone with us today, and uh, Seth Mays is sitting here in the studio. I went and saw the King Kong Godzilla movie last night. All right, and you know what was the best part of the whole movie? All the people that were there, they sold out both showings of the movie there in Cabot. In Cabot. That's that's big that it sold out in well, Cabot. Did they have you all side by side, or what was yes. the distancing? No, like? there's no distancing. Everybody was was in the, in the theater uh, and uh, making themselves comfortable and having a great time. What did, it, what did it feel like? You know, now when I see a big crowd on TV, you know, from a movie of a bygone era, I think, what are you all doing so close? Yeah, it felt great. <laughs> It really did. It felt I, it. It was the closest to being back to normal that I've had since last March. You know, I mean, that's when it all got started. What was it, March twentieth of last year of twenty twenty, and uh, it was like being back to normal again. And I talked to several people when we were standing in line waiting for our popcorn and stuff, and everybody was just excited about that. Mm-hmm. They they were really enjoying a, about being around uh, a lot of people and going to see a movie. But that's one of the great things about seeing a movie together in a theater is this the whole corporate feel of having that many people together and everybody experiencing the movie in a singular way, but yet in a corporate way as well. A lot of cheering in the movie, I'm just telling you. Yeah. A lot of cheering in that movie <laughs> last night was great. And in the, in the last 20 minutes of the movie, it's Godzilla versus Kong WWE. <laughs> that, that's, <laughs> that's the best way I can put it. I can put it. JR, are you a big, are you a big monster first guy? Do you like King Kong and Godzilla movies? Uh, yeah. You do? <laughs> yeah, I'm listening I mean, to yeah, you. I would definitely, uh, I would definitely want, I'm not, I mean, I, I remember, I think I watched like last Godzilla that was out and I saw Kong, 
the you know King Kong movie. Yeah, Skull yeah, Island. I, mean, I, I would definitely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah definitely get ready. Like this one. This one is the ultimate. This is the uh, Fast and the Furious version of Godzilla and King Kong. I mean, it is mm. wild. Mm. It's a great film. You'll if I was talking to, to Seth about this, I was reading some critics. Uh, words on it and they were complaining about the physics of and the hollow earth theory and all this other stuff and i i'm sitting here and i looked at seth and i go we're talking about what how many feet tall is godzilla all right this is a lizard walking around on and swimming around the earth who has atomic breath what are you worried about physics for i mean it's not like this is a non-fiction movie or something this is not a documentary. <laughs> this is a throwdown movie. I had a great time. I did. I enjoyed it. I ate, my wife ate about four handfuls of popcorn last night. I ate the rest of the bag, <laughs> and we knocked off a whole supersized soda. I mean, it was just one of those great movies. I'm going to go see uh, Nobody on Friday night. I'm looking forward to that. That's kind of a John Wick type movie, so I want to see that. And there's some now. The tentpole movies are ready and lined up and ready to go. In two weeks, it's, are you ready? I, I know that you played this on a, a video game in your life, JR. Mortal Kombat mm. is coming, the new version of it. Wow, I remember the uh, I remember the old Mortal Kombat. That's right. Johnny Cage. Uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. So they're making a new one, huh? Yeah, the new movie comes out in two weeks. Now, they were supposed to come out next week. But uh, they put it off for a week, so they don't have, you know, you don't want a bunch of cannibalism going on where your big tentpole movie, you know, the gorilla and the, and the dinosaur is eating up your profits for Mortal Kombat. So you give everybody a chance to see Godzilla and King Kong, then you bring out Mortal Kombat and everybody lays their money down to go see, see that. Interesting thing about Mortal Kombat, uh, Johnny Cage who's the big character from Mortal Kombat. I mean, he is the guy in Mortal Kombat. He is not in this movie. Hmm, interesting. They, well, wait till I tell you why. They wanted a more diverse movie. Well, of course, yeah. Movie. That's why. <laughs> and, and now the, the director, after he took a beating, and I mean, he took an unrelenting beating for a couple of months when this came out, uh, has said that, the next Mortal Kombat movie, which there will be because this is going to be a big draw, uh, is, is going to zero in on Johnny Cage. They, here was their – JR, you're going to love this. Here's what they said, Seth. They said that the reason they didn't zero in on Johnny Cage is because the next movie will be about Johnny Cage. Yeah, good cover-up. <laughs> good cover, up. Good, Thanks. Good cover <laughs> huh? I guess so. That sounds like uh, politics. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, no, like, it's like, ah, well, that's not what we actually meant. That's what we meant was. Yeah, well, we're, funny. here, let me, let, let's just say this, and uh, let's hope everybody will believe it, and they'll show up for the movie. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly uh, yeah. how, it, how, it, uh, how it came out. All right, let, let's start off. I want to start off. I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about some local stuff, but I want to start off with some national stuff. Uh, Senator Bozeman and Congressman Hill were on my show yesterday, and we talked about HR and S-1. And I got to tell you what, the stuff that is in that bill, 
it won't stand constitutional muster. It's going to get destroyed by the Supreme Court. And here's what I think. I think the Democrats are planning this. You guys, here's here's what I'm I'm thinking they're going to do. They're going to bring it out. Uh, it, it's already passed in the House. It, it, we're going to talk about getting rid of the filibuster the way it is right now so they can pass it in the Senate and try to pass it in the Senate. And then if it does pass, it will be destroyed at the Supreme Court level. And then they can say, see, the Supreme Court's out of touch with the people, and they'll stack the Supreme Court. What do you think, Jr.? Do you think I'm on to something here? Yeah, no, I, th- I think you're. Uh, I think we're tracking there. I mean, I, look, the Democrats are very aware of uh, their majorities, but they're slim majorities. Um, and, and I've said this all along. I mean, I think that you know the Democrats are running into the very issues that we thought they would uh, with a fifty-fifty split uh-huh. uh, with Joe Manchin, uh, Cinema, uh, some others that that aren't completely in lockstep with other Democratic senators. I think we're seeing some things on the House side as well, uh, where it's such a slim majority that a lot of these pieces of legislation uh, and, and very, uh, contra- you know, or say very controversial pieces of legislation, it's very difficult for them to get their entire caucus to vote their way. And so I, I think they're very aware of that. And I think that's what we're starting to see is them work with what they've got to try to leverage everything they've got to get some of these things through. Um, and so, I mean, I, the Supreme court, it makes total sense. I think it's sort of like, give me, give me an excuse. And that's what I think Democrats are looking for right now. Just, just give me one reason. They want to do it. Yeah, they absolutely want to do it, but they just need one reason. And that reason does not have to be a substantive one. No, it can just be anything at all that pushes them in that direction. And I think you're right. I think they're looking for any excuse to be able to do this and cite uh, in their minds a valid reason to do so. Well, we'll find out what Seth thinks after we take our break. We've got to get a break in and then we'll come back. Seth Mays is with us. He is with the Arkansas GOP. J.R. Davis is part of the Gilmore Davis group, and we're going to talk with him more as we go along. We're going to talk about the filibuster. That's a very important part. We're going to talk about the president. He's got an infrastructure plan that he says is $2.9 trillion. He's already passed the uh, COVID-19 relief bill that was $1.9 trillion. And uh, Senator Bozeman said there are people within the Senate for the Democrats and in the House Democrats that want $10 trillion of infrastructure. So we'll talk about that when we come back as well. 16 after 6, we're up in the upper 30s right now. It's a little bit chilly outside. Freeze warning tomorrow night in the outlying area. supposed to get down to 28, but then it's supposed to be 75 on Sunday. Don't forget about PI Roofing. PI Roofing is your roofing company that I highly recommend to you because it's the only roofing company I use. They are fantastic, not only with their service in fixing your roof, but taking care of you with your insurance, uh, working with you as a customer. PI Roofing treats you like gold, to be honest. Uh, You'll not have any problem with them at all. Uh, They'll come out. 
They'll inspect your roof. They get up on your roof. They walk around on it. They look at it. If they think they're going to have problems, for instance, if they know you got a 20-year-old roof, they'll call your insurance company before they even show up to look at the roof because they know there's going to be problems. So they want to get the person from uh, your insurance, your appraiser up there with them so they can say, see, we got problems here. See, feel how mushy it is. See those cracks over there. See those uh, shingles missing there. This needs a new roof. And then the appraiser can say, you're right. Then they can talk about what it's going to cost to take care of the job. And then they'll let you know uh, what your part of that's going to be. Usually, if you got the deductible, that's all you're going to pay. They're a great company. They do great work. You will want to use them. Uh, 707-3551 is their number, 707-3551, and on the internet, piroofing.com. All right, so we've been talking about uh, HR1, S1. This is the uh, piece of legislature that, legislation that Schumer and Pelosi have put together, and they're trying to force it through both houses uh, and get uh, Biden to sign it, which he'll do, uh, and make it law. And it's my feeling, and I think it's the Senator, Senator Bozeman's feeling and Congressman Hill's feeling, that it is so uh, against the, what the Constitution says that it would be struck down as being unconstitutional. The Constitution is very clear. The federal government has the right to set the date for elections and things of that nature. They do not have the right to say you can have you can, you know go out and have mail in ballots or you got to have 3 weeks of early voting or any of they do not have the right by the constitution to do that uh, that is up to the states that's why if you've ever moved around you probably found out when you went to the polls it's a little bit di- different in each state i know indiana's different than uh, it is here in Uh, Arkansas, North Dakota is different than what Indiana and Arkansas was. And uh, and I've been in other states, Florida, before the Hanging Chads. And uh, I'm going to just tell you, it's different. I I had never done a punch card in my life until I lived in Florida. So that's the bottom line. States decide this stuff, not the federal government, because the founding fathers didn't want the elections to be federalized. And... uh, there's got to be an ulterior motive, and we talked a little bit about that before the break. You talk, you want to talk about a little bit about that, Seth? I know I wanted to get your intake on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with everything Jr. said there before the break. And I think you're right, Dave. There's a lot about this bill that is just simply untested, but we know that this has been priority number one for the Democrats. And you say, well, how do you how can you make an assertion as a Republican that you know what the number one priority is? Well, first of all, it's called HR one, so it's yeah. the first resolution introduced. Uh, in in both chambers, but it was also the first resolution in the last Congress. So it rolled over. So they've kept this up for years now. And and as I said, there's so many parts that are untested. For example, we know most of the ridiculous stuff about federalizing an election and why there's great concerns. I'm not even sure many of the states out there, especially Arkansas, that doesn't have same-day voter registration and those sorts of things that are going to be mandated in this nationally, First of all, I'm not sure that we're equipped to be able to even meet those standards in the next election or the election. That's what Thurston says. 
He says it would be an absolute chaotic situation. And John Thurston is a very mild-mannered individual. He was animated the other day. (laughs) Right. You know, one of the the biggest downsides of this bill, and that's kind of a hard thing to say about a, a real masterpiece like this, is it introduces public campaign financing. So what do we mean by that? That means that Dave Ellswick running for office raises a dollar and he goes to the federal government and they'll match that. And you say, well, that sounds ridiculous using taxpayer money to run individual campaigns. That's what it is. And Democrats, especially on the fringe, have believed in this for years that, you know, it's really hard for John Doe to raise money against an incumbent yep. against the establishment. So let's 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 give John Doe a leg up. Uh, and, and make things equal and give him some taxpayer money to be competitive because the voters have a right to know from each candidate. And it's not fair, Dave. It's not fair if one candidate raises money and gets their message out there and the other candidate doesn't. So they believe in public financed elections. And that's also included in this masterpiece. So how many how many candidates for offices will we have? When they know they can get matching funds. It's sort of like the Democratic Party of Arkansas taking away their filing fee if you're running against an incumbent Republican and there's no other Democrat. They'll let you run for free. <laughs> Isn't <Yeah>. that great? <laughs> yep. Well, you that, get, that's you get what you pay for. <laughs> you got that right. So, you know, that's that's another piece of this that, uh, look, the Democrats have wanted to do that since back in Carter's day. Yeah. That's back in the 70s, folks, that they've been pushing this mcgovern might have been you know, the first uh, he might have been the first one to to bring it up back in the in the 60s so i don't i don't know it's been around for a long time nobody's paid attention to it uh people are are paying attention to it this time because they've taken all their wildest and most wacky ideas and have packaged them up under hr and s1 and are going to get try to get them passed they see that they have a sliver of an opportunity and I'll, I'll start with you first. And the reason I think that they're pushing this, it will help them keep getting reelected. And in 22, uh, they have a good chance of being thrown out in the House. And there's two reasons for that. They got, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of seats that are going to be up for grabs, of course, as they always are. But secondly, redistricting will have happened and it's going to make it tougher on the Democrats because most of the area where things are growing at are red states, not blue states. And so for that 435 that you have in the House, some of those numbers are going to switch to red states, and they're not happy about that. Right. As you noted, it's sort of a multifaceted uh, dynamic working, not to mention that it's the midterm of a Democratic president and the party in power, aside from post nine eleven. In Bush's first midterm, the party out of uh, in power, rather, in the White House has always lost seats and, and sometimes a lot. You know, I think Obama, it was 61 seats in his first midterm. So there's a lot of a lot at play there. One thing I think often we always talk about as Republicans, what we're against. But I think it's important on an issue like this to talk about what we're for because we get mischaracterized so much. I'm for everybody voting. I think if every single registered voter in the country voted, I don't think it's going to be a one-sided blowout. I really don't. And I think we'll be very surprised in states like California or New York how many suppressed Republican votes there are. And I just mean that in the more of a depressed way, that, that they don't feel their vote matters and so they don't come out and vote. I'm for making it as easy to vote as possible while making it as hard as possible to illegally vote. Those are the two things that I am for. 
And I think a lot of Democrats, to your point, Dave, we see this nationally and in places here in Little Rock, they're for making the rules as loose and fast as possible. And what happens, happens. And, yeah, and we we'll saw see. that in Pulaski <laughs> County. <laughs> we did. We saw that in Pulaski County. And uh, we'll talk about that when we come back for just a few in a few moments, just because our state legislature, they paid attention to what happened in Pulaski County for because overall for the state, we had a pretty good election. There's no doubt. I think Thurston did a fantastic job, except in Pulaski County, they were, as you said, playing fast and loose. And uh, so they've passed some bills. Uh, and or they've got them out of committee. They're going to go up for vote. I expect them to be made law uh, to uh, keep that fast and loose stuff from happening. For instance, they tightened up uh, the voter ID law. Uh, you can't just cite a piece of paper now and say I'm I'm Joe Schmo, and they got to take your word for it. You got to show an ID. You got to show a picture ID. Now people say, well, you know how hard that is for people to get. No, it's not hard. It's free. All you got to do is show up uh, at DMV and they'll do it for you. It is not hard at all. Now, I'm going to tell you what. If you say, well, I'm, I'm worried that older people can't get to the DMV. If they can't get to the DMV, they probably can't get to the grocery store. So you should be more concerned with that as far as I'm concerned. So let, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about this here on the Dave Ellswick Show. J.R. Davis and Seth Mays with me. All right, 25 minutes till 7. We'll get back talking with Seth Mays and J.R. Davis in a moment. Still a lot of important things to discuss here on a Thursday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget, best of show tomorrow uh, because it's Good Friday. So then I'll be back on Monday. And on Monday, uh, I'm hoping to have Grover Norquist on to talk about the tax repercussions, all of the spending the Democrats are doing because taxes – Folks, they're going to go up. Whether you like it or not, they're going to go up. And you're going to pay for it out the nose. It's just coming. Let me uh, remind you that our friends over at Applied Research have their walk-in clinic, the ARC walk-in clinic over on Rodney Parham, over there by uh, the uh, Burger King, just down from party time. Most people know where I'm talking about here in West Little Rock. And if you'll go there, they now offer COVID-19 rapid testing and treatment. It includes a rapid test and a medical evaluation. Treatment and follow-up visits are included if the test is positive. So this like you just wait a few, uh, a few hours uh, with this test. In fact, it may just be a few minutes and uh, get your results. You don't have to wait days where you, they tell you go home and quarantine yourself. Uh, that won't happen when you take this COVID-19 rapid test. Uh, the uh, way to get set up for this is just to give them a call at 501-954-7822. Their phone number again is 501-954-7822 to uh, schedule an appointment. Now, I've had both of my shots uh, for Pfizer, and I'm going in for surgery uh, in May, got to do a little water work work uh, with Arkansas Urology, and uh, I got to go and have a, a COVID-19 test before I go in. So uh, I'm going to do that over there at uh, Arkansas Urology. But here's a situation where if you're told that you came into contact with somebody, 
that had COVID-19, you can get the results quickly. My son-in-law came in contact with somebody uh, here a few weeks ago and was told to stay home and quarantine. It took him four days to get the results. This is a COVID-19 rapid test. Again, 501-954-7822 to schedule your appointment. All right, back to our discussion here with J.R. Davis from Gilmore Davis and, of course, uh, sitting across from me in the studio, Seth Mays, who's from the Arkansas GOP, handles uh, comms for them and does a great job at his his work. All right, guys, so we let's talk about the other ugly thing that the Democrats really don't want to talk about, although Biden actually said that taxes – must go up now he he came out and said that uh and uh look for it to go up i mean they're talking corporate tax rate and a lot of you think good they're going to get those those mean old uh villains that run those big businesses and they're going to go from 21 to 28 percent on corporate taxes let me tell you again let me try to explain this to you in fact i'll ask seth and i'll ask jr to talk about it as well the companies, for the most part, will not pay for those taxes. You will. You're going to pay for it with not having jobs. You're going to pay for it with products being more expensive. Let me just ask this: this whole fifteen dollar uh, thing on buy, you know paying people to work at every place. How's that working out for you? You've been to McDonald's lately. You bought a Big Mac and paid almost five dollars for it. You go on to Sonic and seen the prices going through the ceiling. That's why they're going up, folks. It's not going up because they're pocketing money. They're making. They're going up because they're being forced to raise their pay uh, for uh, you know basic uh, people that are working for them. Jr., do you think people will put this stuff together and figure it out before it's all over? I hope so. Uh, it's a. I mean, this is. Um, it's a very, very big deal, and I think it's important for um, our Kansans and all of our fellow Americans to take stock of what the president is actually saying. Uh, this is scary, um, everything that he's trying to push through. And look, the infrastructure package, like, that's great. I mean, President Trump had, had you know, he talked about a, an infrastructure package uh, throughout his uh, term as president. And so, it's something that our nation needs, but don't get caught up with, you know, I saw Amtrak put out some sort of map to show, you know, where they're going to go in the nation and connecting all these. You saw that too, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, and I think it's important for people to understand that, you know, you got to look at the cost of this though. Like we're somebody's going to pay for it and that somebody is going to be the U S taxpayer. And, and so if they're going to, ratchet up taxes on on corporations you're exactly right dave that cost is going to come back to the consumer in some way shape or form Um, and they know that but they also see this as you know again it's just politics it's a maneuverable we can go after the big bad corporations you know knowing full well that 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 uh cost is going to pass down to the consumer and there's going to be other taxes too Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars in infrastructure, 
there will be individual tax rate uh, tax hikes a hundred percent don't i mean i no question in my mind um and and so we just there have uh, the american people have to be involved in this debate they have to be engaged they have to read they have to watch they have to know what's going on because i think this is just this i mean it's it's actually i mean i, I don't want to be dramatic here dave or seth but i mean like it's it's actually very uh, troubling to see what's coming out uh, of of the White House and all of the uh, you know this is not this is not a, a a newbie. I mean Biden's been around forever. He knows how it works. I mean he was uh, he had it. He's probably the most you know quote unquote prepared president that we've had uh, in a very long time because he's been in and around it. So he knows what he's doing. And that's why I think the troubling part is, is that he's pushing a lot of incredibly, uh, he's pushing a really intense liberal agenda. Uh, and I think it's important for Republicans to wake up and notice it. Yeah, Seth? Yeah, and I think so much of it is signaling, too. We talked about last week, you know, when it comes to the just the price of the COVID package democrats did not budge any off the their initial no. 1.9 trillion right they stuck to it there was if you asked you know president biden what was what in the bill was a compromise he couldn't say anything because it was the package that was originally introduced you know and then when we look at this infrastructure package uh as you noted 10 trillion is, is where some flank in the party is pushing yes. And we know that because they want a trillion a year. And when you budget things, you budget on a 10-year cycle. So mm-hmm. $10 trillion from the $3 trillion package that is going to be introduced. It just seems that numbers are almost irrelevant now. And speaking of numbers, you're right, Dave. The President Biden wants to move us to a 28% corporate tax. The People's Republic of China has a 29% corporate tax, for comparison's sake, just to let you know. So I, I think the numbers are really... It's all about signaling. And when it came to the COVID package, Joe Biden wanted to signal to the base that elected him, hey, folks, look, I will play ball when it comes to big spending. And I think that's the same thing on the infrastructure package as well. It doesn't matter what the money goes to. It matters that the number is big and that you feel you feel that you're being taken care of and looked after and that the president issue is going big and going big for you. All right. So I read an article today. And I'll get this out and then we'll take our final break that if the president gets his tax uh, legislation through, it will cost us one point six percent of GDP. Our GDP per year, they're they're, uh, saying that it will grow about three point three percent. Well, subtract one point six then away from that. All right, and uh, you see how significant this is. To give you an idea, during the Clinton administration, there was a huge fight over the budget. And that was just for an increase of 0.4%. That's what it was. I mean, I remember all of this. That's, that's some of the good things about getting old is that you live through this stuff. This will be the biggest tax increase, if it goes through, since 1968. Think about that for a moment. 1968. And that's when the Democrats were going wild then. 
That's when it was Lyndon Baines Johnson and when it was Hubert H. Humphrey and all the rest of them uh, in the uh, in the legislature. And you had uh, you had Johnson over there in the in the White House. This is what I'm talking about now. You don't want to go back to that because what what came after that? Well, Jimmy Carter came in, remember, and we had the great malaise. Remember, you know, when and all of that kind of stuff that was going on with Ford because they couldn't get the economy restarted because they were taxing us so much. All right. I've said enough. All right. I've warned you. Warn your friends. I'm just telling you. Warn your friends. And uh, for you who decided you wanted to vote for Biden because you just didn't like the way that Trump acted at times, shame on you. All right, 646 Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. Uh, they'll come in and deep clean your home and do a fantastic job. I mean, fantastic. I mean, they're, they're the kind of people that get down in the corners with the single-edge razor blades and, and clean out the stuff that you haven't done, <laughs> like I haven't done. In uh, 18 years since I've been living in my house, they'll get it clean. They'll get your house cleaner than you've ever seen it before. And uh, typically, for a, a house that's up to 2,550 square feet, it's going to cost you 300 bucks. But wait, I want—I've—I've I've been waiting to do that. I, I wanted to do that, like in TV. But wait, all right, you call call uh, 404-6560 after nine o'clock. Talk to Chuck. And we'll give you 50% off on your uh, cost to getting your home clean. That's right. Instead of 300 only $150. But you got to call and call now. Do it today. Right after 9 o'clock, talk to Chuck. 404-6560, your certificate to get your house clean by St. Clarity Residential Cleaning. All right, we are down to just a few moments here. JR, let's talk about they want to change the filibuster rule in the Senate. I spoke to uh, uh, Senator Bozeman about this yesterday. We also talked to uh, uh, Congressman Hill. Uh, Con- uh, Senator Cotton will be on in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure that it will still be going on uh, when he comes on. Uh, Manchin, you know, he's shown some cracks in his facade a little bit here recently where he said – well, you know, maybe what we should do is go back the way it used to be, where if you're going to do a filibuster, you had to actually stand in the well of the Senate and talk and talk and talk. Allah, if you've ever seen the the movie with Jimmy Stewart, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. All right, uh, to do to do that. Uh, what do you what do you think the chances are that the Democrats uh, will succeed in cha- changing the filibuster? Because this is truly the nuclear option here. Yeah. I, you know, I honestly, it's, it's one of those things where, um, it, to me, it sort of lines up with what we're seeing from Democrats, uh, since the election. And, and I know you asked about the filibuster and I want to get to that, but I do want to quickly just go back to the, um, legislation HR one that they, they're pushing Pelosi and Schumer and, and just explain to your listeners that the reason they're doing this is that Democrats understand and, and, and look, they didn't want people to talk about it uh, on election night, but it was something that 
sent chills down their spines on election night that they did not pick up one state legislature. That's exactly right. And they feel that they can, if they can pass this legislation, you know, the People First Act, right? I mean, they're they're trying to dress it up every which way. If they if they can pass this legislation, they can control things from the federal side. They can dictate how states run their elections, et cetera, et cetera. You know, these, these independent commissions to set up redistricting, all of that. But they did not pick up one single state legislature uh, on election night and lost some. Uh, and that is where, I mean, that's, that's where, you know, the butter is churned. I mean, that's where things are made. That, that is real politics right there at the state level. And Republicans have the vast majority uh, in 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 most states as far as control goes. So just don't let it fool you. This is exactly what uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Nancy Pelosi, and Chuck Schumer are trying to do. That is try to put Democrats in control for the foreseeable future because they know what's happening in these states, and it scares the crap out of them, quite frankly. Um, to your point about the filibuster, and then I'll, I'll turn it over to Seth. You know, Dave, I think that's something that, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, uh, I mean, I think that's probably what we're going to move towards. You know, I don't know for a fact. I agree with you. It's the nuclear option. But I just I just got to kind of think that uh, uh, at this point, you know, kind of everything's on the table, and it seems like that's what they're working towards. And by them, I mean Democrats. Okay. Seth? Yeah, Going back to the theme of uh, signaling, you know, I think that's what Joe Biden did in that press conference last week was begin to signal to to the folks that voted for him. Hey, listen, I'm willing to play ball. It was just like the price tag on the bill. Uh, But I think, you know, Joe Manchin, I I think he'll third around with the idea, but I think he's pretty committed to uh, to keeping the filibuster where it is. He was asked week before last if he thought there was a potential you know, could we could we move the filibuster to the side just for H.R. 1? Keep it for everything else, but would, you know, Senator Manchin, would mm-hmm. you support doing that? And I think his quote was, that's like being kind of pregnant, maybe. <laughs> so I think he's pretty committed to not getting rid of it, and I think Kirsten Cinema is probably there, which is wild when you rely on somebody that wears a neon pink wig, you know, uh, to, to be the last stand against the – uh, removing the filibuster. I think a lot of Democrats like Manchin that are willing to play ball and are right. smart and think about these issues are pretty scorned from what Harry Reid did a number of years ago, and they don't want to go down that road because they saw what it got them, a conservative Supreme Court. So I think Manchin is going to end up holding firm on the filibuster. Um, but that doesn't mean that the Democrats aren't going to push uh, with everything they have. I think H.R. 1 is next to infrastructure is going to be Biden's big push is, is to get some action on that or at least take a vote and put people on the record as to where they are. And get it done before the election in 22. Right. Absolutely, because they know it's they're done in 22. I'm just telling you, they know they're done. And you're right, Jr. They know they know they're done. And that's what's sending chills down their spines. They got a very, very small crack in the window of opportunity, and they're going to try to do it. And we tried to warn people about this, and a lot of people just just didn't like Trump, and so they made their decision on that. All right, last question. It's going to be a local question real quickly, and that is the uh, governor re- uh, raised the mask mandate in the state uh, here on uh, Tuesday, 
we're here on thursday it's it's done right now last night there were still a lot of people wearing masks and there was a lot of people who weren't wearing masks and i think that's the way it probably should have been from the very beginning you should have made it up your own mind about what you wanted to do but i i just got a question he, he had said last week that that cities and towns were not going to be able to have mask restrictions uh, if he lifted the one for the state. And it's only because he put one on the state that the cities and towns started putting ones on their cities and towns. Now there's like Little Rock, North Little Rock, and and others that are saying that they're not going to to raise the restrictions. Seems to me that we've we've kind of caused a muddled mess on this. Uh, your your take on that, Jr. Yeah, I mean, I, look, I think when the mask mandate was in effect, um, especially at the beginning, I mean, it was just a we've talked about this before. It's just a very different world. Uh, no one knew what to expect. It's understandable. I think at this point, uh, I think it's the right decision from the governor. Uh, I also have seen a lot of uh, comments uh, in the paper on TV from business owners who actually appreciate the flexibility. Um, it allows them to do what they uh, feel is best. Um, and there's some restaurants that say, hey, we're going to keep the mask. Uh, we're going to keep asking our patrons to wear masks for the next couple of months just until we can make sure we, we get all the way through this. That's great. Uh, I, I think that that's exactly where we need to be, that flexibility, allow people to make those decisions. Um, as far as the cities go, you know, look, I, you know, <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> as long as we have cities, they will do these things. Just, I mean, it's just, that's just the nature of it. They'll pass their own little resolutions and, and mask wherever. I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, probably should, but I just, at this point, it's like, let's just, you know, honestly, I'm just, to your point at the very beginning of the show, Dave, you went to the movies, you sat with people, you felt normal again. I just, I just want to get to that completely. That was great. I got to tell you, it was fun, Jr. Finally, Seth, you got twenty minutes, uh, twenty minutes, twenty <laughs> seconds. Go ahead. No, I, I agree. And when you look at some of these people, like Frank Scott, that came out immediately with the mask mandate rollout, he was going to do that no matter what he was told. So I think at this yep. point, Dave, like you said, people know what they're going to do at this point, and and we're moving forward finally. As far as businesses go, until the state uh, legislature passes a liability change. Uh, they're going to still ask for masks. Guys, thanks so much. Have a great Easter, by the way. JR, thank you for joining us today. And thank you, of course, Seth Mays, for being here as well. The the uh, car guys are next. Joe uh, is going to be here along with Duck, and they'll be answering your car question.
All right, let's get into the uh, final hour of my Thursday show. Remember, tomorrow it's a best of show on the Dave Ellswick show uh, because it's Easter Sunday. So tomorrow is Good Friday, and we take Good Friday off. So uh, remember uh, what tomorrow is, and then remember Sunday's Easter. And uh, when you go to church on Sunday, pay particular attention to the uh, pastor's uh, sermon, okay, because it's really going to be important about what he's going to tell you about Easter. All right, seven minutes after seven, uh, Duck and and uh, uh, Joe are here, but they brought in a uh, a friend with them. Daniel Taylor is here today as well in the studio. He's with Carter uh, Radiator Service at 2505 Wright Avenue. I didn't even know there was a radiator service still available in, yes, in Little Rock, but uh, that, that's really cool that uh, that they got it. And then, Doc, he told me, you ready for this? He still cores radiators. Well, some of them, Dave, big trucks, he ain't got no reason but to core until you get into the newer stuff. Newer stuff is all plastic and aluminum. Yeah, I mean, seriously, <laughs> same way with cars, though. I mean, when did it change as far as going to the, the cheap radiators? Well, in the mid-'90s, uh, uh, we started seeing a lot of the transition from the copper to the aluminum and plastic. And at that point, uh, the cost of the new radiators was just low enough that repair uh, be- kind of became obsolete. Um, so mainly what we focus on is a lot of the older antique stuff, mm-hmm. you know, stuff all the way from the 18 or like ni- early 1900s all the way through uh, into the muscle car area. Okay, now for you folks that are listening right now, and we said coring a radiator, and you don't have a clue what we're talking about. <laughs> there was a time. It's kind of like giving a, kind of like doing a, I guess a fairy tale thing. There was a time, once upon a time, uh, when your radiator would get stopped up, you'd take it to the radiator shop, and they would pull it out, and they'd cut the top of it off, and they'd cut the bottom of it off, and they cord it out in other words they had a device that would go in and clean out the little the little holes in your radiator because your your water flows through your radiator and there's like little channels that it goes through and they would get blocked up with scale and things of that nature and they clean it out and then they would steam it out clean it up real good and uh, put the top and the bottom back on it and uh, weld it up and put it back in your car and it would work white dave you missed great. one, one what did I miss? What did I miss? They painted it black. Oh, yeah. They That's had to right. re, they repainted it. Yeah, right? So it looked brand new. And, uh, man, I, I had that done on several cars of mine because it was just a <clears> – cars in the past weren't the most clean engines in the world. Let's just put it that way. Am I correct, Joe? Well, you know, it's, it's – <laughs> it's, you know, back in those days, you could actually wash a motor and, and, and be pretty safe That's about right. It. Today's world, it's not a good thing to wash one. But, you know, it's uh, what, what Daniel does down there is probably has got a lot to do with skill and talent. Yeah. Because it, it is a profession that is, is learned, and you don't – not the average guy can do it, right, Daniel? Yeah, I, w- I would classify it almost like art. Uh, you know, we see a lot of uh, copper smithing, tin smithing. Uh, we do a lot of that type of thing. Uh, of course, we weld, uh, but this is more with a gas torch, and so it's it's more artwork. Um, you know, some guys say they can weld, they can't tinsmith, and so it is a niche market. And uh, you know, we enjoy being there. 
Yeah, this is this is like saying, you work on a carburetor? Yeah. <laughs> and people look at you and you go, what? Yeah, that's what Russ told me the other day. Dad, I got, I got a truck coming in. He's got a four-barrel holly. I need carburetor overhauled. Okay, just get the kit. Yeah, and then you took care of it, right? I hadn't yet. I'm waiting on the kit to come in. <laughs> but because, they all run. Because you've seen a carburetor before. Yes. A lot of people have never even seen a carburetor before. Most, most people can't drive a car with a carburetor. That's right. Uh, most people can't drive standard nowadays. Well, you're customer, right about that, too. I had a customer send two of his guys there, and they didn't know what to do. They come in and want to know, what is this other pedal on the floor for? <laughs> These was twenty two year old kids. <laughs> yeah. What's that other, what does that pedal do? That's yeah. hey, crazy. Hey, I, I had one of my techs that worked for me for about twenty years. I had an old Chevrolet truck come in like in the sixty seven or eight model, had three on the tree. Oh. He came back in, he said, How you get this in reverse? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> three on the tree means yeah. it's on the steering wheel, the That's shifter. Correct. But you know? Dave, yeah. going back to radiators. The trick to radiators make sure it's clean, correct? That's right. Before you start trying to tint it, because if it ain't clean, you can run five pounds of solder and it just runs on off on the ground. That's right. If it's not clean, you're you wasting time. All right. So, <coughs> what you you get a lot of the muscle cars in and things of that nature still that want radiator work done. Well, uh, we we do uh, a lot of classic cars, but we do a lot of modern cars as well. Really, uh, you know, people don't understand that they still stop up. They still have the same issues as the older, you know, sixty, seventy model vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what will happen is, uh, you know, they may stop up in just the lower twenty five percent, and the tolerances on these newer vehicles are so minute that a that a minor stoppage can cause a major issue. No, oh, wow, yeah. Okay, so something to keep in mind. Why don't we talk about uh, making sure your car doesn't overheat? We can do that. Yeah, why don't we talk a little bit about that? What's some of the biggest uh, – I am I got a leak in my radiator, so I'm going to put some leak stop in it. Bad idea. What do you think, Daniel? I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. Well, I would say that uh, the only time you should ever use stop leak is if you're in on the interstate – and you're try- just trying to get home, and it's the last resort. No mechanics, no options. Uh, because when we put that stuff in there, it goes at places that we don't want it to go. Minor orifices, uh, blocks up heater cores, and causes you more problems down the road. And you still have leak. Right. You still got to get it fixed. That's right. It's just a temporary fix. That's right. Absolutely. It's kind of like a temporary battery cable in. Yep. They sell them every day, but they're marked temporary. Not an emergency terminal is what yeah. they call them, yeah. That's all it is. It's like one of those little tiny tires you put on your car. That's exactly. not to be driven for, you know, 100,000 miles. I've seen them with four of them on them. <laughs> <laughs> Running down the interstate 70 mile an hour. Oh, no. Don't don't tell me that. Yeah. Don't tell me that. That's just so un, so dangerous. But, Daniel, do you get people that come in and they, they want to know why their car is overheating? Oh, sure. I, I get a lot of them. They don't know why, and especially today with uh, electronically operated vehicles. You know, we have uh, fan control modules, fans, in, and then you have multiple sensors that are detecting the cooling system, uh, the, the computer operation. You know, is the radiator functioning, you know, properly? Uh, and is the thermostat electronically opening? Some of them have electric water pumps. And so radiators ends up morphing into more than just, a radiator it, it becomes an entire cooling system 
and everything has to work hand in hand in order for it to uh, properly function. And so there's a there's more of a technicality to it than you know what it was 20, 30 years ago. Whenever I first started, uh, you know today you you have to have scan tools, you have to use schematics, and you have to know what you're doing. All right. So now it's not like it used to be when I was a a young man, and uh, you had a a thermostat that uh, got stuck closed. So you went in and you got it out. And instead of putting a new thermostat in, you just closed it up and ran without a thermostat. Not uh, the way to go now, is it? No. Nowadays, it'll throw a check engine light on. <laughs> Your fans mm-hmm. make operate constantly. You'll get lower fuel efficiency. And, you know, the list goes on. Yeah, yeah it is. And and talk a little bit about the, 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 the tolerances of, of these coolant systems on the late models, Daniel, about the size of the radiator and how much hotter they're running these engines. So we have less window of, I guess you would call it, more critical and easier to fail if the radiator is partially stopped up because our temperatures are 200 plus, 205, 15. They only turn fans on on 227 degrees on some vehicles, right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, you know, back in the back in the 60s, 70s, uh, you know, you'd have a 195 degree thermostat. You'd have guys that would want to go race and they'd, uh, pop in a 180, uh, you know, 160 degree thermostat, or like like you said, Dave, uh, they would just completely take it out. <laughs> yeah, I did it many times. You know, you didn't need it unless you needed the heater core to work That's in, the, right. in the wintertime. So these new cars, like Joe was talking about, uh, what would happen is, uh, you know, you've got fans coming on at 227. If the cooling efficiency of the radiator is too low, or if the fans aren't operating, or if there's bugs or debris stopping up the radiator, uh, in store, instead of it cooling down properly, you know, think about it. It's 110 degrees outside off the asphalt. You've got the air on max. You've got a hot condenser in front of the radiator, debris, everything happening. The fans come on. Instead of it coming down at 227, it just stays steady, or it begins to increase even further. Next thing you know, you see water bulling out. Your AC shuts off, and... Mm-hmm. You're, you're walking. On the side of the road. You're on the side of the road. You're walking. That's not a good thing. It's never but, a good thing. But another thing too is they've cut these radios down to where they know exactly how much that car needs. It ain't like it used to. You know, you you could order a big radiator and stick in its place. A lot of these you can't put nothing else in it but that radiator. Yeah. Well, you know, if, if you notice, Jeep has these Sahara versions. No. And what that basically is saying is that these have been tested in extreme hot conditions. Okay, so most of these vehicles are not Sahara rated. They're rated for, you know, Arkansas climate. Well, in June, July, August, whenever it's real high, Mm. I've seen actual factory designed cooling systems that are not efficient enough to do everything you're asking it to do. And it will run hot stock form. And the customer says, why is that? It's not designed to run this hot. Turn your air down. Turn it off. They don't want to hear that. It's 110. You know, it's yeah, hot. Got to go back to 180 air conditioning. Yeah. That's right. Uh, 280. <laughs> Both windows down, run 80 mile an hour. There you go. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, you know, this is things that you got to know. It's 18 minutes after 7. Daniel Taylor is our special guest. He's with Carter Radiator Service, 2505 Wright Avenue. Uh, if you need his assistance, Daniel, what's a phone number they can reach you at? They can reach me at 501-374-6089. Give me that last four again. 6089. Okay, because I'll re- 
repeat that again a couple more times before sure. the show is over. Bumper to bumper. Let's talk about them a little bit, Joe. You get your parts from bumper to bumper. We tell people that bumper to bumper are the people to get your parts from because they only buy from reputable dealers. Well, you know, me and Duck are bumper to bumper certified service centers, and you know all the guys on uh, Saturday, the car and truck doctors are, and there's a reason uh, centrally here in Arkansas that we are affiliated with bumper to bumpers because they got a huge warehouse here. I got 14 15 million dollars worth of parts over there and it's easy access and these aren't these aren't the discount parts they're they're the quality parts and we like the the availability of the part the price of the part and the quality of the part right duck yeah and you know and joe we get it whenever we need it yep you know it it's not we got to wait two or three days to get it 90 percent of the time they got it in stock or if they can get it overnight yeah so, you know. or you can have it the next morning sure. but most of the time they've got what we need unless it's something oddball like a carburetor kit <laughs> well see it, and they even have them on the shelf too. there hasn't been a vehicle produced with a carburetor on it since about 80 85 85 ford started in 86 and gm come along in 87 fuel injection so you're looking at buying a part that's that old i mean you know yeah and this, that. this is a uh 79 gmc uh, c6500 yeah you know, it's got the electronic uh, four-barrel holly on it, and it takes about three hours to overhaul it. Yeah. One last Time thing. You pull it and clean it. Two-year, 20, uh, what? 24,000-mile yep. warranty. In fact, I might be using that today. You might be. Because I think that my uh, my uh, part of my battery system is going out. The alternator, I think, is going out. We replaced it a couple of years ago, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So we'll take a look at that. Sure. Because that's what the computers are for, to keep all of that stuff uh, filed and, and ready to be looked at. So I, I was going over to Joe's anyway today. Did you order my tires? Uh, yes. Okay. Are they in? Yes. All I have right. to go pick them up this morning. Okay. We're ready yeah. to put yeah. them on. Okay. Think by the time you get there, we'll have them. Yeah, because I got yeah. a 9 o'clock meeting. I'll be there about 10, 10, 15. Yeah, we'll have them by the time you get there. All right. I'm looking forward to be a nice, smooth ride for the next year or so. Yep. Until they go bad again. Water puddles. Go yeah. ahead and admit it. I got you. Well, yeah, my rear end was sliding around a little bit. Was not happy with that. We All right, have rear ends. Got a break. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. All right, back with you. Seven twenty-four. Joe's here. Ducks here. Daniel Taylor's our special guest. He's with Carter Radiator Service, twenty-five oh five Wright Avenue. And uh, if you listen and you decide that he can help you out. 501-374-6089, the number to call to set up an appointment uh, to see him or his his technicians. Now, notice, Daniel, I use technicians now. I don't say mechanic any longer. That's right. It's always technicians now. Grease monkeys. I've been told, no, no, no <laughs> not even a, can't even be a grease monkey all that more, much no, anymore. I think... Uh, I think Daniel does a little more than just that at his shop, Dave. You want to talk a little bit about what all you do down there, Daniel? Well, yeah. I mean, we can for a minute. Um, you know, we started off in, in cooling systems, and like I said earlier, it be becomes more. You know, you end up getting into situations where people uh, run their vehicle too hot, mm-hmm. and you end up causing head gasket issues. And, of course, you get into the interior of the engine, replacing head gaskets, uh, you know, and all the other gaskets. And then, of course, uh you know, becoming accustomed to the electronic systems, you become 
an electronic specialist as well. So we we do more than just specialize in cooling systems. We specialize in uh, electronics. We specialize in a, a lot of these other things uh, to help the customer get back on the road. How about uh, IT stuff now that they're adding in cameras and uh things to tell the car in the other lane is getting too close and to you and things of that nature well you said uh before we don't call them mechanics anymore or grease monkeys uh they're technicians that's right uh we we do a lot with uh electronics and software uh there's a lot of time spent on a computer and with scan tools uh more so than you know say 10 or 15 years ago even uh, so we are uh, looking at communication systems, CAN bus systems, uh, and looking at those computers. You know, the average car has uh, 15 to 30 computers in them. That's and correct. so they're all communicating, you know, back and forth. And, and if the network is down, you have a sick car. It's angry at you. Yeah, this and is it could be Go ahead. anything. It could be simple as a mouse chewing on a wire. Next Thursday when we come on. I'm going to record my car when I walk in the morning to it and unlock it, the computer singing to each other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's not quiet. They're talking loud. You know, I don't know if they're losing their hearing like I am or what, but they're talking <laughs> loud. So I'm going to record that just so people can hear it. It's just really wild to listen to it and, happening. And going back to radiators, Daniel, explain a copper radiator versus aluminum radiator, the size of the of the flues. We call them flues inside. You know, used to you could run a rod down through it and rod it and clean it. Well, these new ones are so small, you can't do anything like that, can you? Well, uh, you know, in, in some vehicles, you still can. Uh, just the, the, the cost of it is uh, more expensive. But uh, the diet or the, the thickness of the tube itself, like I said earlier, the, the efficiency of the car is related to the weight. Mm-hmm. And so manufacturers have cut the weight, cut the weight into a place that uh, just the tube is so minute that getting through, by the time you add the scale, it's almost impossible to rot. And, you know, it's, it's not worth it anymore. Yeah, I, I understand that. I've been watching that F series on Netflix. I don't know if you watch it or not about the formula uh, one racing uh, over in Europe for the most part. There are some here in the United States, the open wheel racing. It's amazing. A radiator on one of those cars, and they do have little tiny radiators on them, are hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Just, well, probably because there's so few of them that they have to make, but still, it blows my mind. One of those cars costs $5 million. Dave, just think about a piece of equipment working out there at uh, at granite mountain some of them radiators are six and seven eight foot tall correct daniel that's right eight nine foot wide some of them hold 110 gallons of antifreeze that's like those mining trucks that i saw when i was out in wyoming yeah Mm -hmm. digging out the the coal it's amazing stem i could stand inside the tire yeah you looked like an ant standing there i did i looked like a little tiny person in there and i'm not a little tiny person we worked on one uh about a year ago with for the city of little rock it was nine foot tall 12 foot wide and about two foot thick how big was the vehicle it was on a garbage grinder stationary unit oh okay. so all the garbage in the city of little rock goes to this grinder goes in and grinds it up so you can imagine what we got was not a leaking radiator. A radiator stopped up with 
debris garbage. Mm, it man, was, that smelled dirt. good. It, it was the most excellent <laughs> job I ever did. <laughs> Just take it, it probably smelled really I, good. Yeah, it was not good. I All pulled right. a mini radiators out for the city of Little Rock and sent them to him because that's where they tell me to send them to. They they take care of the bill. All I do is pull them and put them back. All right. All right. We'll be back. We got uh, Duck here. We got Joe here. We got Daniel Taylor. From Carter Radiator Service. If you've got a question for him, 823-0965. You can call in and ask him a question. He's at 2505 Wright Avenue. Phone number is 501-374-6089. All right, we've got a couple of callers. We'll get to them in just a moment, and we'll get back to our guest, Daniel Taylor, from Carter Radiator Service as well. Joe and Duck are here waiting for your calls, 823-0965. Don't forget about your retirement it's never too early to think about it. And when you're thinking about it, you probably are saying, I don't even know where to start. Well, if that's the case, get a copy of David Lucas Financials, the ultimate retirement planning checklist. It's got 30 questions in it. If you can answer them all, then you're ready. If you can't, you could go off the rails. So the way you get your copy is to call 501 222 3315, be the first of one of 10 callers. Get it absolutely free. They'll mail it to you or go on his website, davidlucasfinancial.com. That's the ultimate retirement planning checklist. Remember what I always say. You want your money to outlive you. You don't want to outlive your money because if you're alive and you don't have any money, it's not fun. All right, 736, let's go talk to John and Bryant. Hi, John. How are you? And welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. Oh, good morning. I'm doing good. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. I have a uh, I have a 2011 Ford Super Duty um, F250. It's got the uh, 6.2 gas engine. And the uh, my question regarding the ambient temperature reading on the dash. Every time every time I get in and start the vehicle, it registers at 40 below zero. And as I drive the vehicle, that begins to change. And if I drive from, from Bryant to Little Rock, eventually by the time I get to Little Rock, it will be the accurate outside temperature. But if I shut off the vehicle, as soon as I turn it back on, 40 below. If I'm sitting in a parking lot, maybe on my phone, it stays at 40 below. But as I drive, it begins to change. It's not the sensor in the mirror, on the passenger mirror, because I've unplugged it. It's been unplugged for, for weeks, and I still the truck still operates the same. So where is it reading this temperature? I've looked around the radiator. I can't visually see a sensor, and I read on a blog that it could be maybe an air intake sensor, but where is, this, where is it reading this from? I can't figure it out. Daniel, you want to take this one on? Well, uh, you know, I'll try. Uh, okay, go ahead. Well, well. First thing I would have to do, or what you need to do, is find out, uh, you know, look at the wiring schematic. Uh, most of the time, uh, there is either a dedicated uh, ambient air temperature sensor, or there, it, or it registers through the uh, the mass airflow sensor or the air intake sensor, uh, you know, intake air temperature sensor. So uh, that's where we need to figure out where that is actually reading from. And it sounds like that that sensor most likely is faulty, and uh, because negative forty typically indicates an open circuit, uh, which is the maximum that it will show. Uh, and then the the strange thing is is that you're saying it begins to read the correct temperature. So uh, th- that seems like I would almost imagine that it would be in the uh, air intake. I got a question. 
Does yeah. it run yeah. bad when it's showing us minus 40 below? It doesn't seem to really run any. No, not really. No. No fuel not, mileage not way off? No, not really. No, it seems to be the same. I can reset it. You know, when you when I turn on the uh, the uh, climate control, when I power it, I, I can. I read on the internet if you hit the if you hold the AC button and the recirculation button, if you push both of them at the same time, release and then push the AC button within two seconds, it resets. It resets and it's accurate. So if it's fifty degrees out, I can reset it and boom, instantly it shows fifty degrees. You're gonna so have I to go to somebody and let them scan it. It's going hey, to have to be scanned to look at. Hey, John, this is Joe, and this is what I'm getting from everything that you've said and what uh, and the questions that have been asked. I think that you probably have an open circuit, may not be in the center, but it may be in the display. Yes, yeah, or, or a little bit of a software issue. It might okay. be just a simple reflash to fix that. Okay. You know, okay. Joe, I think they had didn't they have a service bulletin out on that. I can't remember offhand. I, we 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 don't script this. All we do is we're doing strictly by memory, right, guys? Send me like <laughs> they had a service bulletin on that yeah. back in the day. To it had a reflash. Ha, have you looked online to see if there is any TSBs out for that vehicle for that issue? No, no, no. I would look there, but I, I'll bet you're going to find it's probably going to be a software issue, and it's probably just going to require a reflash. If you want to get it fixed, go over to Ducks Garage in Benton. They'll take okay. you in there, and they'll get it fixed yeah. for you, John. Just go by there and, and talk to Russell Blake and get them to scan it for you, because scanning it will okay. tell you a whole bunch. You may have to leave it overnight so I can let it sit there. Correct. You know, let it get cooled right. down and everything, but just call Russell and talk to him or Blake, and we'll get you scanned and figure out what's going on with it. All right. Well, very good. I've, I've been looking into it. I appreciate the help, guys. Thank All you. All right, John. Thank, Thank you, John. you for the call. We appreciate it. 740 in the morning. Let's go to Steve. He is in Sherwood. Steve, how are you? And welcome to the Dave Ellswick Show. I'm good, Dave. Thank you. Uh, my question is, I got a 2001 F-150 Super Crew, a uh, 5.4 liter. And a few years ago, I noticed, and I don't drive like a NASCAR driver. I kind of anticipate my stops so that I noticed that my brake pedal would fade, <laughs> fade, fade. Okay, oh, being old school, first thing I did, I put a new master cylinder on there. Same thing. I bled the brakes uh, like you're supposed to, right rear, left rear, right front, left front. I'm sorry, left front, right front. Did everything like I'm supposed to. Same thing, okay? So while I was still working, I made caps, and I capped off that master cylinder. And you could put both hands on the steering wheel, both finger, both feet on the uh, brake pedal, and it was steady as a brick. Now, my question would be, is that ABS? Could that be bypassing someplace? All right. Yes, Joe, sir. You're, you're shaking your head yes. So. Yes. Well, my question to you would be, has it had the wrong brake fluid put in it at any time oh no no i do my own stuff myself. you do your own servicing okay because yes i do and and it's always oem try okay. to i try to get the right parts yeah the reason i was asking that is because we see it a lot with the quick lubes and stuff they'll put power steering fluid in the brake system and it'll do exactly what you're talking about it'll ruin the o-rings in the in the master cylinder but it also it'll damage the o-rings in the analog unit itself the hydraulic part of it and yes, it can oh. bypass in there and equalizes what you got going on. Okay. So well, most likely, that's going to fix your issue. What do you think, guys? Yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds okay. Right. Yeah, he's, so he's probably got ABS module bad. Okay, <laughs> I can take care of that because I got a spare, and and I just I hesitated <laughs> putting it on only because I just wanted to make sure that was what. And and, and I also wanted to add there are no leaks anywhere in the whole brake system. So yeah, cool. Like I said, it it has to be bypassing some place, and the only thing I haven't changed would be that module. Yeah. Okay. So how okay. many how many years old is this car? Oh, one model. <laughs> It's an old 20. one. So okay, 20. so how many miles you got on it? Well, it's only about 92,000. It's oh, low mileage. Low mileage. Woo, that's low mileage. That thing's still yeah. got another 200,000 miles to go. That's a Barry well, Jackson so. prospect right there. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I hope so. I really do. And there was one other question, but I can't think of it right now, so I'm not going to take up your time. Okay. Uh, I appreciate the answer, and I think I'll uh, – I'll have to take that thing off. Okay, now let me ask you this: I got, okay, I got that spare module. Yeah. Do I have to flush that out before I put it in, or can I do it throughout uh, bleeding the brakes system once I once I install it? Well, there's really not any way to flush it if it's not on a vehicle because no. you need some pressure. Uh, okay. You know, you you could go in there and and you could run the motor on it and the pump on it and and possibly help that, but just bleed it normally and just make sure you you know you get good clean fluid out of all the bleeders and you should be all right. Okay, well, I, I and I have to add this little comment. I got kind of angry at it, so when it was slippery <laughs> out one day, I slammed on the brakes and it, I get the you know the pulsating. Yep. Yeah. And so it's working, but that's the only reason I called. Could that possibly cause the bypass? Well, if you still, if you block the mass cylinder off and it ain't leaking by, that's the only other thing that's going to make it leak by. If it that's has no okay. external leaks, yeah, if that's it, it has no wheel cylinder leaking and no caliper leaking. See, you can have a pedal bleed, bleed down like that a little bit because of equalization, because t- traditionally you have 65% front brake, 35% rear. Back, yeah. If it, if right. it, if it, internally bypasses you're going to go back to 50 50 well that pedal is going to go down while it's equalizing and yeah. that's what you got going on yeah yeah i mean it never fails to stop yeah. i mean you know if you have to stop i mean if you hit it good mm-hmm. i mean it's right there yeah but if you just anticipate a stop it kind of just kind of fades down yeah. you know okay well thank you thank for you your time. all right Welcome, we Steve. appreciate right. your call thank you very much you're on the dave ellswick show all right, uh, Daniel Taylor is with us, Carter Radiator Service, 2505 Wright Avenue, 501-374-6089. Is there a common denominator that you have come into your shop a lot? Uh, I mean, what do you mean? I mean, do, do people come in and say, you know, my cooling system isn't working the way I think it should? Yeah, I mean, most people are in there because it's running hot. Uh, it's leaking, you know, mainly that kind of thing. Or I'm hot. One of the two things is that my wife's hot. Yeah. 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 I understand that. She's sweating in it. She don't like it. Gets to August in in Arkansas. The last thing you want somebody to tell you is they made your car and turn off your air conditioner. And, and, you know, and you're talking about that, Dave, a lot of these cars has got variable uh, speed fans on them yeah even the big trucks now has got what they call the twin speed and a triple speed fan it barely comes on just like a car so all this all the car technology is slowly moving to the big truck side and these fan clutches it ain't nothing to spend three grand on fan clutch yeah Woo! for a truck i mean that, i mean it, it's they're getting you know and i had a customer come in he hauls trailer houses so they took the mirrors off the doors, 
and you know put the mirrors so they can extend them out so they can see right. going down the road. Well, he didn't realize when he took the mirrors off, the sensor that reads you know what the altitude is where you're at is in the mirror. Oh my God! <laughs> he couldn't figure out how, I, it don't run right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Russell said, "So did this start when we put these mirrors on there?" Yeah. Okay, you took the sensor off. Where's the mirror at? So he went and brought me the mirror. He unplugged it. He didn't cut the wires. He unplugged it. Yeah. <laughs> took the sensor out of the mirror and set it over in the dash. Good to go. Yeah. But he created his own problem. Yeah, because what we're talking about, it as you change altitude, yeah. then how much gas your motor is going to get is, is a different yeah. mixture. Well, yes. it reads that, and, t- and it tells the computer, okay, look, I'm 12,000 feet in the air. I don't need as much because the air is too thin. So it reads all that and tells the computer how much fuel to give it, how long to pulse the injectors, so it knows what to do. But it didn't know where it was at. It thought it was up on top of the mountain. Now I'm going to take you back in the day because this is the reason I knew the answer to that. I was traveling. I was going to work for Red Book, which used to be in Paragool, Arkansas, and I was working for them, and I used to go out and sell the uh, books to them so you could order flowers from different floors and uh, i was on my way out to california which was part of my territory and i got in flagstaff arizona and my car was running like crap and i couldn't figure out why and i pulled in and talked to the uh, uh, mechanic there and he said son we got to change your carburetor yeah got changed the jets in it yeah it was all screwed up so i was in flagstaff which wasn't a bad thing for a couple of days and uh and they fixed it for me yeah. now it does that computer yeah uh, for you so so much for i wish i lived back in the day oh i don't <laughs> i'm glad I, like, I don't i like bumping my key standing in the kitchen every morning and go that's what i do i start my car in my and garage the seat, and, and the seats are warm warming up if it's in the summertime, the seats are good and cool yeah. when I get in. And we needed that today yeah. since it was only 35 degrees when I well, walked out. worse than that tonight. Yeah. To, uh, tonight, if you got uh, new plants out, take them back in. It's going to be 28 degrees tonight up in Cabot. Thanks. Freezing warning. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, I wanted to ask you a question, you know, about uh, AC condensers. You know, we have all replaced a bunch of them on the GM products. It's going kind to of sound like if you bought it in that five-year range you're putting a condenser in it that's right do you repair those uh as a matter of fact uh whenever they first started failing uh the factory couldn't keep up and they were uh nationwide back order and uh you know i do all kinds of welding so uh, i had a couple of the dealerships around the state call me can i fix them i said well send me some i'll see what i can do uh we we took them apart uh we we fixed them and, and then I verified the pressure test at 700 PSI, which is well over uh, what they run under normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. so explain to them what happens to them. Because I had a, one of my customers come in the other day, and his wife's got a Denali. No, I take it back. It's a Cadillac, and it's a 20 model. Come in AC. So, well, AC's been working fine last year when I bought it. I raised the hood and looked down there, and it's a big oily spot on the corner. Yeah. So I'll send her back to GM. GM says, well, it's going to be a week before we can get you apart. Yeah. Well, what it, what it is is that that condenser uh, is manufactured weak in that corner. Bad weak. Yeah. And and the sad part is is that GM knows it and has been producing this thing, uh, you know, for 
five it's going six on years. since 2015 16 well, this yeah. is a 2020 yeah. and it's still got the same yeah. problem and, and they know it and so they ramped up production of defective what i would say defective condensers i mean we're seeing them fail at fifty thousand miles just yeah. think at nineteen thousand miles on it mm-hmm. and, and what's worse than that is in 2017 gm switched over to a new freon uh r1234yf uh mm-hmm. Most most of your vehicles, uh, we're all used to the R134A. Anybody can get it. You can go down and shoot a cannon if you so desire. Right. You know, <laughs> but this new stuff is expensive, and so this condenser leak turns into a thousand dollar operation real fast. All right, yeah. all right, we got to get a break in. Let's do that, and then we'll come back. Don't forget about Pat Davis. You need some health coverage. Talk to Pat Davis. He is your healthplanman.com. dot com. Yourhealthplanman.com. And not just any health insurance. This is health insurance if, for instance, you're self-employed, give you a perfect health plan, save you 30 to 50% on health insurance, and you're getting health insurance with any provider in the nation. Don't forget that uh, if you're a conservative like I am, then you don't like to pay for what you don't believe in, and you won't do that with the health insurance that Pat Davis offers you. It is an actual insurance plan, not a share plan. And uh, last but not least, often you get a check when you go to the doctor. You get a check when you go to the doctor, urgent care, or even the hospital, and no co-pays. Talk to Pat about this. It sounds too good to be true. It's not. It is true. Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, yourhealthplanman.com. All right, we're back with you. We're doing a best of uh, car and truck doctors on Saturday. That means Joe will be here in two weeks on Saturday. Yep. And uh, be here, and then Duck will be here in three weeks on Saturday. Yes. And, and be with us. Daniel Taylor is our special guest. Hope you enjoyed him today from Carter Radiator Service, 2505 Wright Avenue. Phone number 501 374 6089. You wanted him to talk about something, Joe. Yeah, we were discussing the uh, AC condensers on the GM products and their failure rate and all that. And you, and you did tell us that you could repair those. And I was wanting to know about the differential in the cost and what's the turnaround time on that because they are still kind of hard to get on some vehicles. Uh, well, you know, when you can't get one, um, we, we can uh, repair it. And the price differential is real close to the same uh, maybe a little more expensive than an yeah. actual new one. Do you do anything when you weld on it to make it stronger? Or Oh, yeah. Um, what's actually the problem with them is uh, where the dryer is, and, and for you technicians, you might understand, uh, there's only two points that are holding that, and then the, it mounts into the vehicle. So in the middle, it's just kind of set there. It yeah. just flexes. Yeah. And so I actually bridged that across uh, with a very heavy weld, and so the ones that I fix, they'll no hold. never leak again there. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> I like the way he said that. Yeah. Never leak again there. Yeah. That's right. and, and that's their problem. If they just put a, a brace across it or something other, they wouldn't have this problem. But they're sitting there going down the road. You know, you're running 80 mile an hour, and just think about how much wind's going through the front of that thing. And that thing is sitting there moving back. At least 80 miles an hour. Yeah. yeah. That's well, a, you know, you also I only see have, 80 when I go by it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you also have heat contraction and yeah. expansion going on there and all that flexing. And that's uh, that's good information right there, you know. If there's anybody out there that uh, having trouble getting one, 
Daniel said he can fix them. That's a great deal. Here's the number, 501-374-6089. That's for the individuals and sure. if you happen to be a, a car dealer out there and you don't have the time to do it, let Daniel do it. I can do it. Turn around take time care. about a day. Yep. That's not bad. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. He'd like to do a lot of them probably. But, you know, he's talking about the Freon a while ago too, Dave. Yeah, we this, know that that's per ounce now. When yeah, they, well, they, and you buy, we're used to, we buy a 30 pound drum, Joe. Yeah, we buy 10 now pounds. It's now it's 10 pounds because that's all you can afford to buy at one time. It's expensive. Tell them how much a drum is for it, 10 pounds. Well, I bought one the other day and I was trying to remember what I paid for it. Similar. They're like seven, seven forty nine. Yeah. I think is what yeah, I paid between for. seven and eight hundred dollars, depending. Yeah, on I wanted you to yeah. say it that yeah. way because it's like seven dollars yeah. and fifty cents. No, that's yeah. exact. That's not what they're talking yeah, about. It's seven hundred forty nine dollars, and and you know we we sell it by the ounce. Yeah, yeah. it's one hundred and sixty ounces. You think about it that way. Yeah, that's expensive stuff. Yeah. But versus the old R one thirty four A thirty pounds was like a hundred dollars. Yeah, twenty eighty bucks, ninety dollars. Yeah. It was cheap, and if you had yeah, a leak, you didn't worry about. It. Just fill it up, baby. You not ain't now, doing that anymore. You're gonna no, find you're not visit. doing it anymore. <laughs> all right, Joe Duck. Thank you all for uh, coming over, Joe. I'll see you in a Thanks, little Dave. bit for some tires. Right. And Daniel, thanks for coming by. All right, thank it's you. Been guys. really, really uh, interesting what you had to tell us. All right, enjoy. Today is a special day. I know it's April 1st, it's April Fool's Day, but today is the start of Major League Baseball. Today. I'm loving it. <laughs> Are they going to let fans back in there, Dave? Yes, they're going to start off at 20%. And it's Maundy Thursday, Dave. I think that's more important. Yeah, well, that's true, but yeah, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Go see Godzilla and King Kong and watch the Cubs play. There ain't no other baseball team but the Cubs. I'll see you on Monday.